This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. This podcast often contains controversial or mature topics. You have been warned. All right. Welcome to the stream. To the weekly stream that is consistently late. I'm not late. You are. You're late to the stream. But I'm not late. No, you're making noise on the ottoman. I'm not pregnant. And good. Because it wouldn't be my baby. Oh, welcome everybody back uh, to the stream, Raygun Readers. We are continuing the Twin Paradox today, which is the current serial we're on. Uh, we really should finish this quickly so we can get back to um, the Rebirth Saga. Woo! Because that one I want to see what happens. Not that I don't like this one. No, I do this like one's this one. terrible. Just kidding, I like it. Um, hi... <laughs> Hey, AJ. How are you? As usual, let us know if we're coming in clearly. Because sometimes audio likes to fuck up for let no reason. Me, let him biz me know when his voice gets annoying. Never. Okay. So the last thing that happened in the story, for those of you who uh, don't remember or haven't been following it, um, the main character wakes up on a spaceship Kind of a colony ship, head for deep space. Life support fails. Everything fucks up. Everything's failing. He is now... He thinks he's being haunted by ghosts or dead things or he doesn't know what. So he's trying to find the source and he's broken his leg. He's going to the guts of the ship and everything's in disrepair. It's become very, very bleak. It's become a creepy pasta. It's become a shippy pasta. Oh, it started as a shippy pasta. (laughs) Ha ha ha. All pastas that happen on ships. Oh, that would make Red Sky at Night um, with shippy pasta. And that was a good one, though. <laughs> Reminds me of Solaris. Oh, did I watch I don't know what Solaris is. That a, is that a sci-fi show? AJ, t- tell us about Solaris, and we'll read the comments as we go. All right. We are on Chapter 8. We're reading to Chapter 10 today. I must have laid there for an eternity, trying to ignore the pain in my leg, which had by then reached my lower back. For all intents and purposes, I was done resisting... All right, he was dying. For all my intents and purposes, I was done resisting my approaching doom. I instead took solace in the fact that I would be joining my family, whether it be in oblivion or, oblivion or whatever idea of an afterlife proved correct. Before, the proposition of giving up had felt pathetic, but I had made peace with the idea. That is true. He was... Very much against the idea of taking his own life. He was very um, obsessed with giving people proper burials, fixing the ship where he could. And now he's just evolved into an absolute mess. <coughs> like the, the formalism of society is slowly leaving him. Mm-hmm. As an isolated human would probably undergo. So that's I think that's quite realistic. I like that. What if he's crazy and he's just imagining all the things that happened to him? We have no idea. And we have posed that question think, before. Oh, yeah. I think that my the thing is that he's going to wake up in his chamber and everything's going to be fine. Maybe. It, like, it might be the reverse, that he's the only one in trouble. Like, his life support's failing, but everyone else is yeah. fine. We'll see, I guess. Still, the nightmare consumed me and allowed me no rest. Just as I closed my eyes for what I hoped would be the last time, 
I felt the gravity centrifuge grind laboriously against its own mechanism beneath me, derail, and slow to complete system failure. Weightlessness took everything that hadn't been bolted down, tossing me into the floating void with a jarring snap that racked my entire body with the soreness of whiplash. The flashlight flew from my hand as my back slammed against wall as my back slammed against wall behind me, that's a typo, knocking the wind from my lungs. I watched it spiral down the length of the corridor and briefly reveal the numbers the number of cadavers still floating about. Ooh, that's He's floating around with a bunch of dead bodies. That's a great image. It's got a great cover. They drifted countlessly, obstructing space as they collided with one another and drifted apart like a slow scatter of billiard balls. I like the imagery in the story. I really have the entire time. Oh, read the thing. Read the thing. Solaris is an awesome That is very interesting. I wonder if that's on like a streaming service. Mm. I'd be willing to watch that. Thank it's a you, short AJ. Story. So that was that was adapted. Yeah. Thank okay. you, AJ. Um. Um. The whirling flashlight collided with something unknown, shattered in the middle distance, and started in, and darkness enveloped me again, once again. Truth be told, in those brief moments of light, I felt that I belonged among the dead drifting about the ship, injured, ill, starving, dehydrated, and exhausted. The line between life and death had grayed substantially, and I felt much the way they looked. I floated in anti-gravity for a time, grateful for the weight lifted from my sore muscles and injuries, yet disoriented and nauseous. It was a strange comfort and none too difficult to accept. More than to sate my hunger, more than to mend my wounds, I just watched, I just wanted rest. Settling weariness and fading worry, spaceless, timeless, it was alluring. Sweet oblivion, precious silence. Warm, despite the cold, soothing deep despite the pain. Resistance felt foolish, and contentment in the end was the only rational choice left. I heard the voices again, but the those conjured at my will but those conjured at my will, voices of pleasant memories, of hello instead of goodbye, and I love you instead of I'll miss you. Sounds of the first words my wife ever spoke to me of her vows at the altar, and of my baby boy, boy's first cries in the delivery room. And then came a new voice, distinct from the chaos of those before it. It spoke not in English, nor in any human tongue, but I understood it all the same. Find mm. me. It says, mm. find me. So... So something's speaking to him from me. From who knows where. Well, yeah, so we have this motif of there's voices coming through and he has no idea if they're real, if they're fake, if they're just made by his mind, which is collapsing in on itself. But now we have a very obvious division of him having like his life flashing before his eyes and voices from his memories and then another one. Mm -hmm. So I think he's not crazy is what the author is trying to tell us here. Because there's a clear division, a distinction, rather, between those two voices. Mm. Or maybe he still is crazy. Who knows? Anybody who doesn't think they're crazy is crazy. Obviously. Right? It stirred something primal in me, made the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end. This was no delusion. Even in my pain, I had so far questioned the reality of what I saw. 
I had questioned the reality of the dark halls and the shambling human husks around me. But this was different. This was another entity entirely, something outside of my mind and prompted by nothing within me. Whatever it was, it was my tormentor, the thing for which I held so much contempt. It was the thing in spite of which I vowed to survive and keep my wits about me. It was the malevolent it, the other, and the reason for everything. It was the answer and the escape, and it was relief, and I would find it. And thus concludes chapter 8. We are now, Very short chapter. Yeah. We're Very moving, short chapter. Moving on to chapter 9. Oh, is that what that means? Yes. It just says I-X. Moving on to chapter X. X. <clears throat> Despite what some cartoon animators and film directors seem to think, you cannot swim in the weightlessness of anti-gravity to get around. <laughs> Every action has an equal but opposite reaction. And apart from the artificial atmospheres, there is nothing to swim through. If you find yourself free-floating without a drift... And with footing, then you're basically and without footing, then you're basically out of luck until someone or something comes along to give you a rebound. So I helpless I hung helplessly in midair, willing but unable to press on. So this must be a very large ship, because yes, they do show a lot of people in anti-gravity in movies always like being able to shove off of something. That's because ships are usually small. Space is incredibly valuable, be it a spaceship or a naval ship, like in the water. So I'm guessing he is in a very large area, and he's just like, well, I'm fucked. I can't mm -hmm. press off of anything. So that's a nice touch. I mm -hmm. like that. You ruined my flow. Mm, that's what I do. You, you threw off my groove. <laughs> um, so I hung helplessly in midair, willing but unable to press on. I spend the next hour in a barless cage as the hunger twisted inside me, and the fever diminished my sense of space. Even if I had decided to accept my fate, I wouldn't have found the peace and comfort for which I had hoped. Despite all my grace, I'm just another body in space. <laughs> Where'd you stop? In a place. For which I had hoped? <sighs> You've got to find it. Yes, that was it. The medical ward was less than 50 meters from me. Before I lost the flashlight, before weightlessness made the concept of direction completely useless and abstract... I could even see the door. Even crippled by... I could even see the door. It's a weird sentence. Even crippled by a shattered ankle, a slashed foot, a blaring fever, and a wrenching gut, I could have crawled the rest of the way if only I could have pulled myself together for a few more minutes. Nothing was stopping me, and now that I wanted nothing more than to make the effort, I was literally stopped by absolutely nothing. I couldn't help but laugh at the irony. Moments after the thought came to me, so did my salvation. I heard the slowly approaching groans right before the sign above the medical ward mysteriously flicker to life. The dim glow showed me the way, and it lay just beyond another broken cadaver drifting toward me with outstretched arms. I never expected such a gruesome sight to give me relief. Granted, I would have preferred it to be some inanimate object, but at that point I would have accepted anything close enough to my body weight. So a cadaver is... I heard something freaking groans. What? Yeah, okay, so yeah, a body's floating towards him, he's going to use that as... He's going to push off. Yeah, okay. Before the distance closed completely, I painted the sole of my somewhat good... Painted? Planted the sole of my somewhat good foot firmly on its face and pushed with all of the strength remaining in my leg. 
The kick sent the monster flipping backward with an arc of blood spouting from its shattered nose. Blood? Yeah, because so these things can yield. Yeah, oh, so these things, yeah, these, well, these bodies must be relatively fresh. Oh, it just says there's no decay. Right? Mm, I think, well, did he say there was no decay? We talked about this a couple episodes uh, like ago. Like, your body bacteria will eat you from the inside out. I probably said that before. Yeah, so how long would these things be able to just sit around as floating blood sacks? Would that be a thing? Would they dry out? No, I'm sure there'd be an element of, like, rotting because yeah. the water in you would probably grow the bacteria inside your body. Hmm. I don't know enough about anatomy to answer this question. But, uh, you know, it's possible he kicked him hard enough that blood... Maybe. Um, I don't know if it would have shot out because it's no longer flowing blood. It would have... Yeah. So... It kind of just... Yeah. 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 Dead people blood. Whatever. Uh, the kick sent the monster flipping backward with an arc of blood spouting from its shattered nose, and it gave me just the momentum I needed to find a handrail along one of the walls. As my foot met its face, as its lip rose to smear my foot with rotten wetness, as its teeth grazed and stung the edge of my wound, a yellow feeling of doom crawled over my skin. Ew. Whatever lack of comfort it had provided, I had subscribed to this experience as an unpleasant illusion. With that physical contact, that change in momentum... It, it all took on a new level of chilling tangibility. And more of that, like, the image of the that story in The Watchmen comes back, the really dark one. Which one? Where he's stranded at sea. Oh, yeah. Hmm. The subplot. Yeah. We're just repeating what we talked about before. That's fine. We'll keep going. I landed on my broken ankle, and it was the worst pain I had ever felt in my life, but I ignored it. I couldn't let anything stop me. I had to keep moving slowly, carefully... I pulled my hand, myself hand over hand along the rail, ducking and dodging the vague silhouettes of hands and feet. Uh, hands and feet. Hands and feet. Uh, AJ, no, I think these are actual dead bodies because I know he. Well, did he bury all of them? I don't think he buried no, all of them. No, he the, he he stopped trying to because there were just too many. True. Yeah. So, so no, that, these are real dead bodies. Real fake dead bodies. Come on down. Real fake dead bodies. For sale. Uh, for now, they have he has a surplus. <laughs> um, uh, what? Um, the I couldn't let anything stop me. I had to keep moving slowly, carefully. I pulled myself hand over hand, blah blah blah, along the oh wait, hand along the rail, ducking and dodging the vague silhouettes of hands and feet, ever closer to the signs of hope. Uh, to the signs, hope giving light. I collided with several of the bodies around me along the way, and the impact threatened to throw me from my hold, but I persevered. Oh, that is a great story. Kidding. <laughs> Can you be awake for one of our no, episodes? No, I know I keep asking it, but... I'm so tired from fixing the ship. <laughs> After several short minutes and the mental eternity, I managed to reach the medical ward portal. But I wasn't close enough to trigger the motion sensor airlock. I still, I still clinging to the handrail. Would the motion sensor work? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it depends on how much electricity is on. Still clinging to the handrail, I flailed my legs toward the space before the door, hoping to evoke some sort of response. Well, we've all been there. <laughs> the door creaked and groaned against ages of rust. Ages of rust. Lurching open ever so slowly, it managed to spare a meter-wide gap before it failed. But it was enough. Go 
Rust how? I don't know how it got years of rust, like how it's groaning against years of rust. Yeah. Oh, because, oh, didn't, didn't, ugh, it was too long since we last read this story. How many years passed since they woke up again? I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm fine with it being a long time, but rust how? There has to be certain There's elements. oxygen in the atmosphere. Oxygen causes rust. Yeah, but doesn't it have to... In fact, it's more like, oh, but they might not have had life support on while they were all in the chambers. Maybe. So, oxygen causes rust. Oxidation, yeah, but it doesn't... What? Isn't it also other elements in the air that has to do that? What? How do you guard against rust on yeah, a spaceship? You anodize stuff? You anodize stuff? Okay. And generally, if you nick it or if you don't anodize the whole thing, it might still rust. Hmm. Uh, I think water causes more rust. This is... Um, Interesting. I don't yeah. know if there would be years of rust, but I'm sure there'd be some, you know, aging processes that happen on the ship. Yeah. Where am I? In a place. Right at the top of the page. In one final struggle, I squeezed and slid through the thin opening, and I found the medical ward far more welcoming than I had anticipated. Not only was it built for ease of access to all systems by way of anti-gravity hand grips, but it also had its own backup generator. Woo! After all, a power failure during a critical operation would have been catastrophic. What do you mean, would have been? The generator clearly wasn't in pristine condition, as indicated by the portal's mechanical failure, and the dimly blinking lights overhead, but again, it was enough. I scrambled about the room as quickly as I could, gathering surgical tools, antiseptics, anesthetics, a suture kit, and sanitation supplies. Ugh. Yeah. I strapped myself at- ooh, we're gonna get some body horror, I think. Okay, well you have fun with that. I strapped myself at the waist to one of the beds, then took a series of long, slow, deep breaths in preparation for the first step. Here we go. Before I could take care of anything else, I had to reset my broken tibia. Does he have to, like, pull the dead alien out of his uterus? <laughs> Or pull the alien out of the uterus? <laughs> An alien infested me, gave me a uterus, and now I have to pull both out. <laughs> <laughs> I injected a number of numbing agents around the laceration, cupped my hand over the exposed bone, bit down on a folded towel, and braced for the worst. Exposed bone? Yeah, because uh, it, it broke and shattered and st is sticking out his skin. I moved the bone as slowly as possible, trying my best not to pinch a nerve or rupture a blood vessel. Each slight push or pull was agony, and I shouted through clenched teeth la, into a muffling la, towel. La, la, la. <laughs> Finally, and with surprising ease, this, the exposed bone slid into, the, into place Ugh. beneath the skin with a wet crunch and a spurt of blood. As my ankle <laughs> righted itself and my foot awoke with a sudden circulation, my jaw fell slack with a deep grunt of both pain and relief, and I fell onto my back against the cold sheets. I had hoped that whatever was left of my constitution would be enough to withstand the trauma, but I should have known better. As I lay there lightheaded and fading fast, the world spun around me in an amorphous blob of color and darkness. I turned my head toward the gap in the portal door, and I could see a knot of rotting arms and fingers reaching through, the now familiar moans echoing from beyond. For a moment I thought I saw my son's sweet face amidst their collective shadow. Then she appeared. The other. The it. She stood at my bedside and smiled down at me, staring through me, once again with those cold gray eyes. She leaned in, her face close to mine in an eerily intimate near kiss, and she spoke softly, only two words. Come home. I passed out. 
And thus concludes chapter 9. Chapter 10. So, so he finally fixed his ankle. I'll be... Well, can he get an infection? I guess there's uh, dead bodies around now. He can probably get tetanus. Yeah, yeah I'm tetanus and is probably... And he's rusty doors. <laughs> also, Adrian's Age is a rust. There's a thing called dry rust. I don't know what causes it. Hmm. I have to look yeah. that up. I don't care. I do. It's Read and I will look it up. Okay, chapter X. This is the important chapter. I woke to a sinking feeling. It wasn't a symptom of the nerves or any kind of sickness, but a literal sinking feeling at my core, my center of gravity. I lay there flat against the sterile cot without the, assens- the assistance of the restraints still binding me at the waist and ankles. What? Uh, how is he? F- okay, so how- he's laying there. Without the assist- oh, so gravity's back on. I open my eyes to the harsh brightness of functioning lights, and I listen for the grinding clicks and clanks of me- mechanical failure, only to hear the serene hum of the environmental stabilizer. Sometime in my unconscious state, in the gap between delusion and lucidity, the hopeless nightmare had dissolved into normality once more. Did I dream? Had I dreamt within a dream, or was there a dream at all? When I came around and examined myself, the concept of pain became surreal, as I had evidently suffered a slashed foot and a compound fracture without so much as a scratch to speak for them, or had I, I had no way of knowing for sure. Somehow, I had wandered my way to the infirmary, strapped myself down, and the empty anesthetic syringe still flat to the left to the right of my unbroken ankle. Had I wandered in my sleep? Had I imagined the whole thing? Still, the illness clung to my bones like ice. My fever had evidently broken, or may have never occurred in the first place, yet I could still hardly see straight and felt like I hadn't eaten a whole solid meal in weeks. In spite of all of this, all of the confusion and disembodiment, the calendar read out on the far wall attested to a veil of lies, all of the agony and the unrest. The days upon days of hunger, illness, and hallucinations, all of it had incurred in less than 12 hours from the time I had heard my son's voice over the calm link. Time had once again eluded my grasp. So the past six chapters have been 12 hours of time. I was already saying, that sight may have been the first time the question crossed my mind. With no one else around, no other perspective to contrast my own, was there any real line dividing hallucination from reality if my experience was my own and only my own did it truly matter that uh that was the question that fueled my tenacity for survival being my days of during my days of recovery each moment of each day the same question weighed on my mind each moment spent considering that question became another moment of control another moment of strength and the question itself became more significant than any conclusion I had drawn. Though that isn't to stay, I never sought an answer. So when did his son talk to him again? Do you remember that? Um, if he was kind of, he was bedridden, like self-imposed bedridden. And then he uh, heard his son's voice over the, um, the radio 
Oh. And then that started his, um, not descent into madness. Well, I guess he had to descent into madness and bodily harm. Where am I now? Uh, give me a second. Here. While you do that, oh. I looked up rust. Given sufficient time, oxygen, and water, okay. so we need three things for rust. Oxygen, water, or moisture, and time. Any iron mass will eventually convert to rust and disintegrate. So we needed moisture as What's well as oxygen. Dry rust I can't find a definition for. Other forms of rust exist like the result of reactions between iron and chloride. Oh, well, yeah. Um, but that's green rust, which uh, he didn't say what type of rust this is, but I don't think that that usually what happens about, under uh, water. copper? Which um, happens kind of no matter what. Yeah. You have to have oxygen. So maybe they're copper doors. You have to have oxygen and moisture unless they're bleeding all over these doors. Or maybe there was no rust at all. That was the biggest, the biggest veil. <laughs> there is rise. no rust. <laughs> Here. You're insane. It's just the top of the page. <sighs> so he cray cray. He cray cray. Or and, he think he uh, cray cray. And the world isn't falling apart. He's not about to die, but. I don't know. Um. Yeah, something's something's messing with him. Eventually, the answer did come to me. My paranoia and delirium had entirely dissipated, and I had arrived at the threshold. That threshold lay in the realization that if my reality Ooh, was my own, he had such a high fever oh, that he hallucinated a lot of things. But yeah, what, but what caused the fever? Um, the pain and the dehydration and the lack of food. Uh, okay, all right, yeah. That threshold lay in the realization that if my reality was my own, then so too was my contentment with that reality. It was not freedom from delusion that concerned me nearly as much as balance and my ability to live with myself. With time and meditation, the experience faded into an unpleasant dream, and my health slowly returned. Fortunately, my training back home proved elemental to my recovery. When you're pushing through the stress of an endurance tests, spending hours upon hours in zero gravity, it's more about acclimation than building strength. Your body learns to accept weightlessness and to fight through the sickness. Your sense of direction learns to cope without the concepts of north or south, up or down. More to the point, your body learns to heal in an artificial environment and the false gravity of a centrifuge. Those first few bites of warm food hit a suffering stomach in silent contentment. Those first few tired steps on the treadmill moved me forward with sound, with sound mind and clear direction. Those first few minutes of restful sleep brought only comforting darkness, uninterrupted with dreams or nightmares. That must be nice. The days flowed calmly and without obsession, and I slowly settled back into sanity. The physician could tell that it wasn't my first journey into deep space. She said that sickness was no the indicator physician? of... Hold on. Wait. The physician... The physician could tell that it wasn't my first journey into deep space. She said that sickness was no indicator of experience. It happens to everyone. She was one of the, she was of the opinion that recovery time spoke more clearly for someone's proverbial, proverbial sea legs. Wow, I can't talk today. She hardly had to attend to me at all, and her visits were short and sweet. Truth be told, for the most part, I nursed myself back to health without her assistance. I'm confused. What the fuck just happened? I think he was hallucinating all the way back to when he stepped out of the pod. Like, oh, what? There's a physician? Is it like... He said that she, the figure that he was following or trying to find was a she, and he made his way to the med bay. Oh. Is he still hallucinating? 
I don't know what's happening Oh, is here. he hallucinating a lady now? Maybe, but he, okay, keep listening. As always, James was the first to greet me in my first few waking moments. James, whom we thought was dead. James mm-hmm. being the young um, uh, uh, sailor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. After I was released, I hadn't so much as made my way to the lockers before the kid came jogging up to my side like a neglected puppy, tail wagging and eyes agleam. Why didn't they start with that? They should have started with that right when he woke up. Well, I think that would have been better. Assuming it's real. Nothing could have told me just how close we were to landing, quite like his spark of enthusiasm. Glad to see you on your feet, sir, he exclaimed, he exclaimed with he a still, clap on my shoulder. He still should have started with that right when he woke up. Lots of us were starting to worry that we'd have to leave you behind. Don't count me out yet, just yet, kid, I told him. I left my whole life back on Earth, just like everyone here. I wouldn't miss this party for the world. Apparently, I had recovered just in time, as the recon drones had just finished making their rounds and we were about to begin preparations for the first expedition. <clears throat> Captain Beck had made do with the interim helmsman. He'd only needed to keep the ship in a high orbit long enough to receive accurate feedback, feedback from the recon session, a job he could surely handle with minimal supervision. Mm. Something's weird. Never the... Uh, oh. Uh, nevertheless, the crew, the crew were elated when I relieved him of his station. Just one less worry. In the coming days, they'd be needing a more experienced hand to guide this descent into low orbit not long after the landing. Not long after. And not long after landing. (laughs) The crew were waiting, uh, awaiting. The crew were awaiting their orders before I even took the helm. And the captain was more than ready to convey them. At last, we'd reached the end of the transit. Our kind would take the first steps on the surface of what would hopefully become our new home. Okay, well, I guess nothing's wrong now. So I guess he went crazy in his pod. Or like he got sick in his pod. They took him out. And they were just basically tending to him this entire time. In his brain meets, he's going crazy, the ship's tearing apart, he's hearing echoes of ghosts and his family and his kid. Yeah, he sounds like he had some sort of... Fever dream. Super fever dream. And the voice to him was just the nurse saying, you know, wake up, listen to the sound of my voice, come to, you know, wake up. Yeah, that's what I was... Okay. Apparently AJ was thinking that too. Okay. The way it was written... I guess that's just. I, I don't think props they did the a really good job of 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 showing that the whole thing didn't happen. They sh- they should have woke him woken him right up right away with James. That's what I think personally because I, we are so confused about what's happening. Are there people there? Are there not people there? Well, I'm going to disagree with you and say that I thought that was good because it kept me on my toes. It kept us confused. That's not on your toes. That's just confused. I was intrigued. Maybe a little bit confused, but I don't know. The emotional impact it had when we had that reveal or fake out reveal that there's a ghost kid on the ship and he's burying bodies. Like just looking back and realizing that all this horrific imagery was a hallucination is pretty cool to me. Um, I, I guess I'm just giving props to the writing style. Beth calls it everyone's favorite ending. It was all a dream. Well, it's not an ending because the story's still going on. Well, yeah. We have chapters 11 through... So we have possibly uh, a pointless hallucination. Well... That in a larger part of a story about terraforming or terra colonizing. Maybe. 
Maybe. Interesting. Woo! So. So everything we talked about in those other episodes. Completely pointless. No. Don't watch them. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I maintain that I like how this was written. And I can understand if some people don't. But I, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it. I enjoyed the mind fuckery. Because it was vivid and drawn out enough that it had me on my toes. So maybe we it should... It did feel like a dream where it was a little too hyper-realistic. Like the thoughts... Hyper-realistic were... space corpses with hyper-realistic blood faces. But at least you didn't try and take us like all the way to the edge of the universe and back. Well, it's nice that the beginning is a dream and not the ending of the story. Like if the entire story was this hallucination, then I'd be a bit angry. Maybe he's still asleep and then a monster alien's going to wake him up and, on the next in the next uh, Inception. And we're going to uh, be thinking that the entire time. And maybe that was the intention of the author. And so maybe he's actually dead. Maybe. Dead dreams lost in space. Well, I wonder if we should just try to like finish this story. How many chapters are left? That is a good question. I'm not saying finish it tonight, but like we should just do these episodes until we're done. Uh, that does not help me. Table of contents, please. Table of contents? Go to beginning. There are lots uh, of chapters. For, wait, no, really? We're almost done. How many? Uh, looks like 16? 14. Or 14. 14. We're at... Since oh. we just finished 10, so 11, Four 12, 13, 14. We can episode. finish it next episode. Yeah. I think next episode we're just going to finish this out so we can get Tune back to the Tune in next time to find out if it's a monster alien. <laughs> if he gave birth out of his new uterus. <laughs> I think there's two... Uh, she, she thought there because uh, Beth has heard this before, but yeah, Beth, you were close. There's four more chapters. Maybe there's two he added added as a ep, uh, epilogue. Maybe I don't know. Oh yeah, and apparently Dryest uh, is is, give, uh, is it something that happens to miniatures or something. <laughs> yeah, the I, biggest the biggest mist. Maybe there's a rust monster in here. You know what? Rust monsters are probably the most scary monster in Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Because unlike everything else, if a rust monster uses an ability, it can basically render your really nice expensive flame sword useless and disintegrate it. And that is more scary than anything else. But the bug monsters, like the, the swarm of bugs is the worst because you take a hit and it doesn't do shit. Well, no, you just get a, just use like a, a cone spell and you pretty much wipe them out. What about invisible witches? Well, now that witch is a playable class... They're kind of not scary anymore. That's one of the problems with the later. Like, they, you can be anything. Yeah, but then there's no real limitations. Anyway, we're talking about something that's not sci-fi. Well, are you calling narrators stupid, Beth? <laughs> Choose your words carefully. <laughs> stupid narrator. <laughs> People who read stories and a bunch of assholes. Uh, well, thank you to the people that tuned in. Sorry that these have been so late and not on schedule. And it just turned to five. I'm sorry, fifth person. No. We're, we're, we're pretty much done now. Yeah, I, I would say we'd read one more chapter, but this chapter really wraps up an arc. So I think we should yeah, stick with that arc. Yeah. yeah. And next time we can go, well, what happened last time? We were faked out. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Well, let me let me, let me look at something. Bugbears. Bugbears are weird. Oh, that's none of what I need. 
And you know what? No, I was thinking we could read um, Beth submitted a story for Raygun, kind of. Oh, well, she's listening, so. Yeah, well, that's fine, but no. I, so I let's know. rip this story. T- <laughs> it's, it's late, and I want to, I think we'll do that the episode after next. So we'll finish this up next episode. In the meantime. In the meantime. Well, the the impulse drive is fixed. Yeah, we have impulse. We're getting off this planet, but we don't have hyperdrive, so we can't go back home. So, but we can explore the solar system. Maybe find a, a less rocky planet. You know, one with like tropical beaches and mm-hmm. sexy aliens. Yeah. Hopefully, they have those here. I've heard a lot of buzz about Uranus. Um, There's lo- no Uranus here. A lot of people talk about Uranus and uh, how Sweet. how amazing Uranus is. <laughs> So I'm thinking we should visit Uranus. I I, I don't... What? <laughs> There's no Uranus in the solar system. Uh, well, maybe we'll find a planet other and call than, it Uranus. Other than Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> Which is big enough to have its own gravitational pull. Ah! Tearing it anyway. Oh, shit. Alan was still streaming. Ah, I feel bad. Maybe oh, we should go watch that stream because he's doing LSD simulator. We did it on purpose. LS Donuts. Yeah, we keep stepping over other people's streams and I feel bad because we need to do these on Wednesdays when no one else is streaming. I, I Stop working so much on the ship, but keep <laughs> working on the ship. <laughs> How am I going to pay our... Our uh, energy replicator bill. <laughs> to who? Who's billing us? How are we going to eat tonight? <laughs> I have to go out and search for just, armadillo rats. Just send Space Kitty to go hunting again, which we never did train her properly. No, she's. we let her out. She's getting away. Mm, right. All right. We're going to go catch our Space Kitty. Thank you, everybody, for showing up. We will be back next week, and this episode will be up oh. on the iTunes and everything in probably a day. Bye. Adios. like wrestling well i sure as hell do i'm brendan creasy and you can check out me and my friends talking about wrestling on mr brendo's wrestling show found at mbwspod.com or at benviewnetwork.com if you're into wwe ecw ring of honor pwg other indies all that stuff new japan pro wrestling or you don't if you don't even know what those are, I can t- I can tell you about them. So go ahead and listen to Mr. Brendo's wrestling show. <laughs>